when I'm on the toilet, it's like shoes falling out of a loft. It's just, it's just you open you open the hatch and they just. Welcome to the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. You, ju- the important thing there, Duncan, is not to laugh over it. So give me <laughs> just some clear delivery time. <clears throat> okay, I'll try not to be too loud so I don't wake up the lad. Hang on. Hang on. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna mute my mic. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh, because I'm gonna laugh. No. <clears throat> Also, Russ's keep keeps. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. You join us at a strange time in the world, nay, just the UK, but no, it's everywhere around the world. It is a strange, strange crisis where working from home has become the new norm. I am joined, of course, by the classic threesome, but we're not in the fuck bunker. And this is the classic threesome and Duncan. We are the awesome foursome. On the left-hand side of my screen is Russ. What's up? Uh, at the top right is Dan. Where is everyone? You're at the top right on my screen. Oh, cool. Who's below me? And at the bottom right, uh, bottom right is Duncan. Yeah. Hello. So, as you can guess, we are all dialing in remotely from our, you know, fortresses of solitude uh, into this podcast, which has a very special subject. The guys obviously did, you did, you guys did a news pod towards the beginning Yours. of this week, didn't you? We did, yep, yep. Mouse, mouse. And uh, this time around, we are actually doing a proper subject. And it was suggested by Dan on the uh, little WhatsApp group that we have. And of course, it is in these dark, dark and uncertain times. A very nice subject. This is it, and I'm just going for time here. Here we go. It is favorite so things. Easy. Yeah, this is <laughs> it is the favorite things in games. The things that never fail to make us smile. The things that we always look forward to. Maybe it's a momentary passage in a game that you always enjoy playing. Maybe it's a little moment. Maybe it's just something about those certain types of games. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I think that is a wonderful thing to be talking about in such a, an odd, odd period of time. And uh, Dan has his finger up. Yeah, can can be as specific as we like, whether it's something in specific game or whether it's like just in general something in games. Just, you know, nice things in games that make us feel happy and warm inside. Excellent. I like, like that like, a lot. Like you make me feel warm inside, Tom. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. I was going to say this... You know what's making me happy at the moment? All your faces. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? I'm sorry, you guys. I said it earlier. You, you're getting a three-quarter profile. If I turn like this, <laughs> I'm just facing the webcam. Whereas if I turn like that, I'm now looking at you all. Mm. So you're going to get a three-quarter profile for the majority of this, if that's all right. Absolutely. Tom is the biggest right image on my too. screen. Mm, yeah, it's mine too. Good. <laughs> <laughs> then it's all worked out perfectly. <laughs> All right, who's going to start? I don't know. Who wants to start? Well, 
Shall I kick off with one thing that's made me very happy this week? Y- Go for it. <laughs> yeah, you're pointing straight at me, and I don't know which way. Um, <clears throat> well, with the release of Half-Life Alex, it got me back in the mood of uh, playing the, uh, oh, I say original Half-Life, but it, you know, it's, the, it's the original one where Alex was introduced, which is Half-Life 2. And there was a particular moment that really caught me and really made me smile because I remembered when I first, um, oh, what's going on? It suddenly Sorry, says, on. I clicked something. It says, it says whiteboarding in process. It's nothing to do with waterboarding, I assure you all. I don't think so. Right, you, anyway, you know, you know, there's like a little button. You think, oh, I wonder what that does. You probably shouldn't <laughs> click it if you're in the middle of doing something. No, probably not. <laughs> For now, only members of this organization can participate. Soon, you will be able to too. Is what my computer is saying. Anyway, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just keep going. Oh, so are you um, just doodling a knob? No, no, I'm trying to turn it off. <laughs> carry on, carry on. I work it out. Okay. Okay, right, so I'll carry on. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I was playing back through Half-Life 2 uh, on the back of playing Half-Life... Uh, on the back of not playing, but on the back of the release of Half-Life Alex, kind of inspiring me to do so. And there was a little moment about halfway through the game when you begin the chapter called Black Mesa East. And I don't know if you guys... I know Dan hasn't played it. Duncan, have you played Half-Life 2? Uh, like, the very beginning. Okay, uh Russ, I know when I speak to you that I'm speaking to someone who does know Half-Life 2. Indeed. Okay, so Black Mesa East is about halfway through the game. You've just finished this epic journey uh, across the waterways all the way to this little lab where a little cell of the resistance is kind of holed up. Oh, that was almost back then. Um, And um, you go into the lab and you meet Eli Vance, who's one of the scientists that you meet in the very first game. And there's this little argument breaks out between Alex and uh, Judith Mossman, who is uh, another member of the Resistance. And it later turns out, spoilers, is a little bit of a shady character. But um, there's this wonderful moment where they have a little argument and Alex turns to you and she's kind of staring at you while Judith is banging on at her about not doing something. She's like, oh, you should be doing this. You should leave this kind of shit. as she walks towards you, she rolls her eyes. And it's one of those moments where, I, for the first time, I'd kind of seen a character reacting in a really human way. Like, she was exasperated mm. with the way that she was being spoken to. And she literally pulls that kind of face. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it to you guys. She kind of just goes like this. Like that. This exasperated kind of like, oh, fucking hell. And then she just finishes off and she just goes, oh, let's, get, let's get out of here. You know, and it's and it's just so human and so brilliant that I, you know, there was that moment where I just was like, oh, my God, like she's they've really they've really made Alex like perfect. She's got her own personality. They've actually brought this person, this character to life. And um, yeah, it was just the moment that kind of made me really realize, even at the time when I first played it, um, you know, just kind of how advanced, excuse me, the source engine was and how capable it was of genuinely emulating kind of human emotion. Um, and it just never fails to make me smile. Every time I play it, it's always the bit I look forward to the most. Um, even the lit bits like later on in the game when you get to the Citadel and, and stuff like that, you know, that's really cool. It's jaw dropping. The Nova, Nova Prospect chapter is absolutely fantastic. But that little moment is always the bit I look forward to the most. Um, and it just always makes me smile. Never fails. I love never it. Never yeah. fails. Love it. Amazing. Perfect. 
Uh, they, did, they did such a good the, the the facial animation. I mean, bear in mind it was what two thousand and when did Half Life Two come out? I think it was around two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah, I mean it was it was quite amazing, and also the fact because there were no actual cutscenes and very few moments when control was taken away from you, you could miss those little moments quite easily if you just happened to be looking the other way or dicking around with the gravity gun or something else. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Like exploring the labs. You could really easily miss these. They, they did an absolutely amazing job of sort of drawing your focus naturally into where they wanted you to be looking at these key moments. Because you can just turn around and wander off. Absolutely. There's, there's a scene in that section where you and Alex and Dog go outside to play with the gravity gun for the first time. So I think it's like, that's actually when you get the given mm. the gravity gun for the yeah. first time. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, there's this great moment where Alex leans back against Dog and she's kind of reclining against him. Uh, and he he just like kind of looks down to her when she leans back against him and then looks back at you. And I never noticed that on maybe the first sort of three to four hundred plays through that particular section that I that I, that I played it. Um, but I noticed it this time. I noticed it for the first time I, that she sort of sits back against her massive great big robot protector and he kind of looks down lovingly at her at the time. And like you say, I'd completely missed it every other time because I was just fucking around, like, you know, trying to see how far I could get away from them before the combine attack started. But... You know, it's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's wonderful little things mm. that you miss. There's those little moments yeah. like um, towards the beginning before you actually meet Alex and you've just you've just arrived in City 17. There are moments where there's sort of almost choreographed uh, scenes of the Combine oppression, like the house being raided and and things being thrown around and bookshelves being you know pushed over and people sitting and comforting each other in their you know whatever's left of their sofa. Um, and a lot of that you can run through and run mm. past and completely miss. Um, so it's wonderful to be able to play those scenes and kind of stop and stare. And I guess that would probably be another thing is actually kind of taking the moment, taking the time to kind of stop and enjoy moments in games. Um, and sometimes the scenery is well worth it. I think yeah. There's so many games I could point out that have great scenery that it's just nice to stop and stare at. Yeah. Well, that, that mm. just, yeah. just as a link staying with the half-life thing, um, so uh, my wife is a. Uh, is a. <coughs> what did you do? <laughs> Russ does it, even when you're not there, Dan. What the Makes hell? all the noise. Um. So, uh, yeah. So Emma's lecturer at Glasgow, and they were just talking about on maybe having to do online teaching in September, mm. and uh, one of the guys in this. It was a social thing, and they would. I I mentioned that you know with Half Life, Alex coming on, and the whole VR thing, and he's he does um, medical visualization, and I was saying, well, you know, the Oculus Oculus Rift, the price might go down because people are going to start uh, start buying it. You've got like a whole market there that it, this is the right time to start looking at VR because a lot of universities are probably going to have to start doing getting creative with the mm. teaching and spe specifically go into vr so you know it sounds like i haven't watched any of the stuff about um half-life alex yet but it sounds like it is kind of the time to really look into mm. it yeah and, well uh, it's, especially with the vr it sounds, so there you go 
I'm just linking VR and uh, higher education seamlessly, obviously. Absolutely. It, it sounds like I mean, it's a thing that's going to take it forward, like VR forwards. Half-Life Alex is getting rave reviews right now. Yeah, I think it's had a pretty momentous impact. Yeah. I mean, I think the problem is that there's a lot of very loyal, myself included, Valve um, fans, uh, especially Half-Life fans, who are looking at Half-Life Alex as a major new part of the story that we just won't ever get to play. And, and it's almost like Valve Valve know what they're doing. Valve have always been very good at, at almost advancing technology as a, you know, on the back of the games that they're playing. And they must have come up to a point where they thought to themselves, VR is the way that we're moving forward with this series. By all accounts, and I don't know really any major play, salient plot details, but I have been told by a few people and, and seen a few articles that the what happens in Half-Life Alex dramatically affects the events of the games and the, and the sort of chapters that we've already played. Um, there are links to especially Half-Life 2 Episode 2, but the, the new game, Half-Life Alex, ends at exactly the same point as Half-Life 2 Episode 2. And they've said it almost sets up two alternate universes that the half-life universe could go down one where where one set of events have happened and another where the other set of events have happened um and it, it i mean it really is compelling to me it makes me mm. wonder what what is on the horizon and whether half-life 3 is going to be another vr game which again because of the price points i mean this is the thing this is the thing once i, I thought to myself oh fuck you know what i could i could maybe maybe possibly justify buying a vr headset um, for £800 and the set of knuckles maybe from Steam, you know, the Steam knuckle uh, controls. I could maybe do that. And then I thought to myself, oh, hang on, but I haven't actually got a PC that would be capable of running mm. this, so I'd have to spend another at least £1,000. So I'm looking at having to spend two grand to pay play a game. I also saw that, um, is it Vive? Yeah. Are giving the game away free with their £900 headset. And it's like, fucking hell, of course. Yeah, you fucking right, you're giving me that game Games for free the least of the <laughs> least expensive mm. bit really absolutely yeah. um and i just think i i don't know i don't understand what valve are doing because I, I i mean i know vr is the future but it's not it's not here yet mm. it's not properly here yet there are, there are too many early adopters and not enough but, you know it may be getting rave reviews but it won't sell no but I, I vr needs a kick in kick, a, a shot in the arm like this is the point maybe this is what makes vr become a thing Especially when you got things like Oculus Quest, where you don't need to buy the PC, you've just got everything built into the the VR units itself. Yeah, but um, I guess um, I guess what's interesting is if that's the case, mm. then I'm happy it was Half Life that was almost the universe because I guess yeah. I can play it when I eventually get <laughs> when I eventually get a headset. the The funny thing is though, I did I did read an article with a guy. Uh, a guy saying that this was the first VR game he was ever able to play for mm. stretches longer than 45 minutes. That's interesting. That he, that he didn't encounter kind of motion sickness and that almost dizzy, almost loss mm. of perspective and, you know, where he is. Um, although the video of him playing is hilarious because he starts facing the screen and by the end of his three-hour session yeah. with no motion sickness or anything like that, 
He's literally halfway across the room, away from the telly, <laughs> facing the other way. <laughs> so, you know, he's managed to kind of completely reorient himself over the space of three hours. Jesus um, wept. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. speaking of VR, going back to what Duncan was saying, this is the time to reduce the price of VR headsets when when it's possible that they might be needed for educational purposes. Also, what better time to get caught wanking by your roommate when you've got to spend two week, three weeks with them in the house? <laughs> God, there must you've have seen some documentaries about that, haven't you, Dan? <laughs> caught wanking in VR is yeah. exponentially worse because yes. people have time to, like, come in, see you, realise what was happening, snap a few photos, leave the room, get a few other people, come back... <laughs> Get some party poppers yeah. and wait for you to take the headset off and be like, way <laughs> It's not how I would like to be caught. <laughs> Russ has thought this through. Yeah. He's waiting to do it to Dan, obviously. Yeah. Do you, do you, do I went you... to see a comedy gig once, um, Sanderson Jones. He did his thing on, he got chat roulette up mm-hmm. back when that was a thing, and he would get one female member of the audience to come and sit in front of the webcam and then there was a sheet behind her and then behind that was the entire rest of the audience like 500 people (laughs) and you click through chat roulette until you found a guy wanking which took maybe eight seconds (laughs) and he would stay because it was a woman and you didn't get any of them on chat roulette and then after about five seconds they'd drop the curtain down and there was a huge room full of people cheering and waving at him (laughs) I think that would help me (laughs) <laughs> um, I need look at them to finish. Um, <laughs> just eye contact. Just quickly, if if chat roulette's a thing, in the in the vein of Russ thinking, I need to record everything. We should totally do an episode of Searching Questions where we go on chat roulette and ask them the searching questions. I don't know if it even exists anymore. Oh. I think he got in a lot of trouble because of all the wanking. <laughs> <laughs> Right, there was. A, I read an article about it. Was like in Wired somewhere or something a little while ago mm. about like it was like interviewing the people that still go on there because it was like ninety nine percent men mm. who sit there with their dick in their hand, clicking through endless photos of other men with their dicks in their hand. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and they'll do this for days on end until and... they find someone who's not another man with a dick in his hand. Right, back to game thing moments and games that made you happy. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we were just before. I know this. Russell will probably count this as admin. Mm. We were just talking about uh, the Mandalorian. So smoothly going into Star Wars, Dark Forces. Whenever a stormtrooper or an officer would just go, "Rebel scum," always made me happy. It was just that <laughs> nice little tingly moment. Where you just get called Rebel scum, and you're like, "Ah, oh, oh. yeah." I just like in the movies. Yeah. I am a Rebel scum. This is brilliant. Then you shoot them. That made it good. I mean, it's a really short one. I'd, we we don't have to spend as long talking no. about that as we did about Half Life. No, but, it's, no, but I, think, I think what's worth talking about is like how out of almost nowhere that game arrived at mm. the time, and how no. much it f- made you feel like you were a piece of rebel scum. Yeah. Like you know, and when they did shout at you, "Rebel scum," you know, and then they started plowing towards you, you know, missing you with every fucking laser shot. Like it was <laughs> such a good game, man. Such a good game. It was the next big. For me, it was like the next big step after Doom, because mm. it was nice that it was not an ID game. Game doing, yeah, it was. It was monumentally such a good Star Wars game. It was so good. Yeah. 
I totally agree. But it's one of those things that, that movie tie-in games, when they say something or do something that's in the movie, is really satisfying in general. Yeah. There's, mm. like, bringing it back to one a more recent Star Wars game, uh, Fallen Order, there's something that happens at the end of that that mm. is that just makes you feel just like... I, I got all shivery right at the end of it. Yeah. Because uh, I'm, not gonna, know, I'm not going to say what it is. About. Yeah. But it's, I it's, got shivery too. But it's one of those things where it, it happens exactly how it should happen as well in the game. Like, what you're, what is happening would be what would happen if that was to happen in, in, in any other Star Wars lore. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. yeah. The other thing about Dark Forces was... You felt like you're in this Star Wars universe, and just kind of thinking back of it, you don't really miss the fact that there were no lightsabers, mm. or there was no Force. Yeah, you were. It was just a first-person shooter map, but you would just happen to be in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah. It was and good. who doesn't love going around using a stormtrooper rifle, even if they're the most inaccurate weapon of all time? Did they were so cool? Did Dark Forces have the the typical Star Wars intro as well? I can't remember. It did. Yeah. It had, it had the yeah. crawl. Yeah. yeah. It had everything. Yeah. And um, my favourite bit is the first the first mission. It's Operations so cool. Operation Skyhook, mm. I think is what they called it, wasn't yeah. it? Which is mm. Kyle Katarn stealing the Death Star plans and yeah. then sending them away. And do you know what? The thing that um, always makes me smile is back in the day when I first had it, I would you know that bit where you go down and there's the hologram of the Death Star hmm. in the green yeah. the green yes. hologram? At the time, I thought to myself, like, you know, when I first got it, fuck me, that looks amazing. That's an amazing hologram. Yeah, it was like, so you good. Go, you go back to it now and you're like, I can't even I can't even <laughs> discern that that's the Death Star. I mean, I know it is, but I can't even... I can see the sort of the laser cone, but I can't... But I it can't still makes you happy, though. It still mm. makes me happy. It still makes me smile. It does, and I do with a big grin on my face. I mean, also, it's probably as big a grin as when you try to look down mm. <laughs> in Dark Forces, and it kind of the aspect ratio just kind of goes. Yeah, it didn't really real three D, did it? No, it cheated it. it. I mean, the Doom engine itself was was not even a. It wasn't really a three D engine, was it? It was kind of almost like build. It was two and a half D. It was kind mm. of like yeah. Mario Kart. Like it's a three D game that's not three D at all. Like yeah. the the levels, like when you're going over blocks, it's just part of the scenery, and it just happens to be a code in the scenery that tells you that you're going over a block at that one particular time. It doesn't, you can't really see yeah. it. Yeah, I killed that conversation somehow. Sorry. <laughs> well, we're all nodding in agreement, which that's really the problem. works. That's on not that helpful podcast. at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can I mean, see yeah, it, you can't hear it. Um, shall I go next? Yeah, go on. Yeah. Mm, yes. Okay. Um, yes. I tried to limit it to one console, but I couldn't. But it's uh, the startup noise on games consoles in general. Mm, that's a good like, one. Like, whether it's... Which, actually, you don't really get it as much these days, because they're on standby all the yeah, time, exactly, aren't they? Yeah, exactly, yeah. But but when you do, you still get the whoop on the Xbox, or the... Whoop. I think the PS2 was one of the better ones that sounded just like... like yeah. sounded like someone had just dropped every instrument at the same time basically it was mm-hmm. it was awesome really the the gears of war 2 no gears of war 3 yeah. xbox 360 yeah. because it has the gears noise yeah. when you t- turn it on that is still as satisfying as anything where you go the oh, i can't do the bloody noise but you know the gears noise like the 
the kind of creepy yeah uh, mechanical music well it's not music but it's the the power up i know what you mean you... yeah it yeah. is a very nice i i saw you dan i totally know what you mean yeah exactly it's um, still very satisfying and I, i'd extend that to even the the sega bit in uh when you play sonic as well Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the only game that did it as well the other games they just come up with the sega logo there you go have that but that one particular so i'm i'm slightly confused like so do your xboxes go when they turn on if, if you, if you yeah, but only when you turn it on yeah. on you yeah. just bring it on from standby you just get the diddlip, yeah which don't get me wrong is pretty good yeah oh right so so when, my when Xbox do... is always on standby. Yeah. I've never yeah. heard that. Yeah. No. If you if you actually unplug it and plug it back on again, so it has to fully reboot, you'll get a warm yeah. thing. Oh, fuck me! I didn't know that. You, <laughs> yeah, you... and like the animated Xbox logo as it as it starts up. If you've got um, the One X as well, it's got this whole thing about like almost like lightning hitting the chip and stuff, and then it goes to the the warm. Oh, I tell you what I do miss is the <clears throat> is the original Xbox startup. Oh, that was amazing. With yeah. the green and the and then, you know, it didn't have like a dashboard like, you know, the 360 mm. and the Xbox One has. It was just a, you know, you were straight into the game. You would turn on the Xbox, it would do the flashy lightning thing and then you'd plug your game in and then you'd play Halo 2 for about 14 hours. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, killing I, some American four-year-old like who would literally well four like eight-year-olds who would just be shouting like you know really caustic language at you. <laughs> I think happy I, days, guys. Happy days. I think yeah, I think the PlayStation Two one is my favourite though. Just the, the Sony Interactive, whatever it is, and it's the, the doo. It's hard to describe. But um, do you remember? Did you did any of you guys have a PS3? Yeah, that had a good startup noise. It did, yeah. It was the and almost an orchestra kind yes. of, you know, starting up. Yeah, it was very. Cool. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Can can I add in a, just a bonus one while we talk about uh, mm-hmm. PlayStation in general? That boner. <laughs> um, the the fact that on the PS2, whether you had it upright or were on its side, you could spin the PlayStation logo depending on how you had it. Mm. Yeah, it's a little thing. So, like, if you had it upright, you could spin the PlayStation spin logo, it. so yeah, it'd yeah. still look. So it'd still look right. Yeah. Okay. Most satisfying is still the original Game Boy when it goes. Ding! And then the, yeah. actually, the Nintendo DS did that as well. <laughs> no, the Game Boy Advance did that as well. Um, it was mm. that is still remains because you put your cartridge in, you put it on, Nintendo just drops down, and then you get the bring. It's still yeah, such a happy noise. noise. Yeah. You know, good times are coming. Yeah, that, I mean that's what it—that's what it boils down to, isn't it? Really, the, these are like signifying you're about to turn a game console on and you're about to probably enjoy playing something. That's a good one, man. I—I mm. I have to say that yeah. is a—that is a really good shout. Yeah, good Thanks. shout. Yeah, I love that. Russ, then I'm just—I'm just sitting back now. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I finished my Ragnarok. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to go for the moment when I first got the last hit in on the death egg in Sonic 2. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that that is the first time that I like properly, properly completed a game. 
dude, I think Sonic 2 was the first game I properly, properly completed as well. Yeah. Because I, just, like, I remember being absolutely amazed by the fact that it had this little, like, cinematic ending sequence, yes. which is shit. It's like some black and white photos of Sonic falling down and then he runs back through the first zone again. Um, but it was just amazing. Like, that, that is a really good boss <laughs> fight by mm. Sonic standards. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to get the patterns. I mean, I was, like, what, eight doing this, mm. I suppose? Yeah, must have been about that. Definitely mm-hmm. at primary school. Yeah. So, yeah, getting like learning the, the attack patterns. You know, you've got no no rings in that zone. No, so, you've just got to do you it. Know, it's, it's pretty intense. Sorry, Russ, I'm uh, getting very distracted by Sir Digby Chicken Caesar <laughs> that's on the screen right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to turn off Duncan's video because I'm slightly worried that he's about to go for a piss. Yeah, he's gone. It um, really looked like Sir Digby Chicken Caesar. Gotta get my nemesis. Some bastard who's presumably responsible. Sorry, Russ, carry on. Yeah, no, that's it. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the first game that I sort of fully completed on my own with no help. And, yeah, absolutely incredibly satisfying boss fight and ending. Yeah. Which these days would be utterly ridiculously awful. Yeah. But at the time, it's amazing. Yeah, no, I totally Sonic agree. 2, Sonic 2 still holds up. It's still really good fun to play. I think it might be the best Sonic game. It is the best Sonic yeah, game, yeah. hands down. Yeah, that, that, that one. Three, they tried to uh, throw too much into it, whereas two just kind of hit it just yeah, right. Like the, the different types yeah. of shields and things. The bonus levels were fun as well. And then the 3D games, we don't really talk about them. No, they weren't very good. So yeah, that's how is it. Sonic is Sonic Two the one with tails? Yeah, yeah, first one with tails. Yeah, yeah, that works. Who, ironically, had two tails. Yes, is that why he was think, called? Tails? I think that's why they called him Tails. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise he's not, be just, not just tail. Tail, yeah. Well, his, his, his name's actually Miles. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, is so it they, Miles Tails? So they're taking yeah, the piss out of him because of his, his deformity. Name is Miles per hour. So is it miles tails per hour? Yeah, miles tails, tails per, hour. per hour. Yeah, nice. interesting. Um, Russ, have you updated the wiki with this information? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I quite liked it. No, no, it's fine. No, I, I, you know, I'm genuinely, I, I genuinely do enjoy Sonic games, mm. and Sonic Two was the one I had the most fun with. Um, yeah. I've never completed any Sonic game. Though. Oh, really? No, no, right. <laughs> no, never once. The first game I ever completed was um, Game Boy mm-hmm. from Duncan there uh, with the bling. Um, original Game Boy was uh, Mario uh, Mario World, the six golden coins. Nice. So I've, I've never completed a Mario game. No, me neither. Oh, no, that's true. I, comp- I did all the levels of Mario Maker 2. That's the closest I've ever got. I, f- I find Mario very difficult. Don't- he moves wrong and it's mm. too slidey. Yeah. He is a, he is a bit slidey. That's just because I'm expecting him to move like Sonic. Yeah. Uh, Mario, t- that's the one with Mario. Later, I'm still expecting him to move like Sonic does. Mm. Yeah, Mario. Uh, the six gold coins one is. is why, I don't know whether it's the first one with Mario with Wario, but it's it is certainly... the first one. Oh, is one it with Wario? Mm. Okay. Yeah, I absolutely wow. love that. Played it yeah. to death. Mm. Played it. Yes. Yeah, same here. I still remember. Um, still got it. 
Yeah, I've still got it somewhere. Um, I still remember Wario's final three forms and how you needed to, you know, have need to be able to fly in one of them, need to be able to shoot fire with the other one. And yeah, it was, you had to be very tactical about how you played that last thing. But I, I remember the order, you know, to play through that game as well. It's kind of stuck in my head. And actually, I've got a big smile on my face while I'm thinking about it. <laughs> like, it was so good. So I totally get what Russ is talking about when he says that, you know, like, it's that kind of that first game you 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 nailed, like mm. that. You know, the, without help, complete sense of achievement. Mm. That one is the one that sticks in your head. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Back to you, Tom. Back to me. Yeah. Okay. The thing that made me makes me smile, and it's a memory that I really really enjoy going back to because every now and then you know facebook on facebook memories mm. will throw back something to you that that happened and you'll be like oh my god seven years ago this happened next week oh know. my god seven years ago i don't give a shit yeah <laughs> except every now and then what will happen will pop up is a picture of an xbox one console mm. in its box in a bag from game mm. oh yes and this was the day that i bought the xbox one and the reason it makes me excuse me, the reason it makes me smile so much is because I know and remember where that picture was taken. So we'd gone into town. Vinny, my little boy, had just been born. He was probably, I don't know, he must have been three or four months mm. old. Um, and my missus, we'd all gone down and she was like, she was like, you've been amazing, like, you know, like so supportive and all that sort of stuff. And I was really, you know, I was like, I was kind of like, oh, stop it, you know. She's like, <laughs> you want an xbox one you should treat yourself you should mm. get one and i was like are you, are you sure like i said i don't i don't think this is really the appropriate she's like no no, you should go you should go and get one so i did so i went and got one and i remember we were sitting in like the shittiest most scummy cafe ever mm. because she needed to feed Vinny, and we were sitting at the back there and i was like i was so kind of like surrounded by the type of people that i would call less than desirable you know like it was just a terrible cafe really fucking horrible man and um you know but i took this picture of it and i posted it on facebook and all i remember is the um is the post copy that i put in there it just said something wonderful happened today dot 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 <laughs> and every time i see that post arrive i'm just like oh my god like that's what i got my xbox one because i am on that thing pretty much every night every other yeah. night at least you know I, i'm always using it either for disney plus or for you know playing games or for you know browsing the store getting hoovering up my two no four free games a month through mm -hmm. games with gold um you know what it's just it's a part of my daily routine the xbox one so being reminded of when i got it every time that post arrives on my little memories thing from facebook i smile because yeah. I just think, oh, there we are. That was the day I got it. And it changed my life forever. <laughs> a new console day is a wonderful day. Mm. Oh, it is. It really is. I mean, I remember that time. I remember the time I bought the original Xbox. And I was sitting there, in a, in, again, in a really shitty pub afterwards with one of my mates. And he was just congratulating me on having, like, he was like, oh, mate, ballsy move. You just bought an Xbox. You just walked into a shop and you just bought an Xbox. Like, that was really ballsy yeah. because he wanted to come home and <clears throat> come home with me and play Halo 2 forever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, new console day. You can't beat it. Yeah. I remember very clearly getting my 360. <clears throat> Went to 
game in the Howard Centre in Welling Garden City on my lunch break at work. Mm. And it was so heavy. It was absolutely <laughs> amazing. Like, the bag was really, really heavy. Um, and then that was the longest afternoon at work that I've ever had. <laughs> With it, like, I could just feel it in the boot of my car, in the car park, calling out to me. It's <laughs> absolute torture. That is really- I mean, I remember getting my 360 um, because I got a tax rebate. Mm. And... Yeah. I was like, I'm a waste, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, what, what should I spend it on? Emma said, well, you live on Ezo, why didn't you just get a games console? All right, we went to game, and they were game. They had the offer on for the Gears of War special, mm. and this was in Edinburgh. And uh, so, like Russ, I had a bit of a wait, because we were in Edinburgh, and I had to then drive back up to to e-sell to uh, uh, to to unpack it, so it was a bit of a long wait, but it was um, it was well worth it. Yeah. Obviously, I also remember getting the Xbox One because it was Dan's spare one, and <laughs> I do remember that it was a special weekend. Dan came, was. came up, we went to see we, uh, churches. He gave me an Xbox One. We made love. It was good. <laughs> That sounds like utensil. a pretty a pretty good weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of those things is true. <laughs> Not true, I mean. <laughs> we did go and see churches. Um <laughs> my um when I got my N sixty four, that was that was paid for with it can't have been paper round money. I think I had a proper job by then. When did the N sixty four come out? But it was like it was something I was saving up for myself. But Christmas came before and I got a bunch I got like Goldeneye mm. and an extra controller and a few other bits for it before I got oh, the console. Painful. Which was great, but it was also like a month or so of utter torture. It's, of, it's like the ultimate edging. Reading basically. the Goldeneye manual for the hundred and fiftieth time. <laughs> and, I... and like gazing at the cartridge and like practicing moves on my spare controller that couldn't plug into anything. Uh, so by the I... time I finally got it, it was that was incredible. There are, there are numerous occasions where I've had consoles where I've just had to to wait to play it. Uh, the PS4, for example, when Sarah got me that for Christmas, had to had to go to work the next day, so I'd set it up the night before, and I knew it was just sitting there, set up, waiting for mm. me to come home and play it. However, the one that really springs to mind like that isn't a console. It's um, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. I'd been to visit um, a friend who was at university in London at the time. Oh, was it, was it Vice? Yeah, Vice City University in London at the time. And I'd got it from the uh, then Bond Street HMV because it was one of the few, because you couldn't get it for love nor money. Um, mm. So I went to one of the bigger shops where I knew they had more stock and I picked it up, but I had to go straight to work. So I knew it was just there and I knew what I, I, knew, I had friends who obviously played Vice City. And all I could think about was going home to play Grand Theft Auto Vice City. And I had to wait. It was just such an agonising wait for it. But yeah, <laughs> not so much console. Amazing. But yeah, that that, that feeling of um, the new console day is is a good get a good day because it's so exciting. Perhaps yes. the best of days. Maybe. Yeah. Definitely. I yeah. mean, obviously, you know, aside from the birth of my child, <laughs> obviously, and my wedding those. day. Yeah. Standard um, disclaimers apply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know what you really mean. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah absolutely good. I mean, new console day. Isn't anywhere near as stressful. 
<laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, the amount of money you have to part with on that particular day is pretty stressful. You're just when, like, yeah. it's fine, it's fine. I'll, I'll just live on beans for the rest of this month, and then I'll be all I right mean, next month. The least, yeah. I mean, admittedly, I probably shouldn't have spent. In hindsight, at the time, I was like, I probably shouldn't have spent that uh, tax rebate. I could have probably done with money because the work dried up shortly after, but because of the storms. But it was like, well, at least I'm going to be entertained. Whilst yeah. I'm uh, stuck in a stuck in a, on an island as the storms rage round, but the you know the least stress, least stressful new console date was when I bought the Xbox One X because we watched a press conference and went right we're getting it we're just doing it okay we're getting one and then whereas the Switch which was considerably cheaper I was in game for about an hour going mm, mm, do I want this <laughs> um, do I really we're gonna do this do I really want, do I really want to spend do I really, do I really want to spend this much money on costing the store employees I need you to listen to some podcasts I did and then tell me if I'm doing the right thing <laughs> am I a prick <laughs> am I a hypocrite <laughs> How no, much? I have to admit, I did feel like a yeah. colossal hypocrite when I went oh, yeah. in to buy my Switch. When I had that money from all my yeah. family for my birthday, and Just I walked give in and I Switch. don't you look at me? Yeah, it was pretty. <laughs> and I was uh, I was weighing up. The, all the packages. Mm. I was like, which one do I want to go with here? Do I want to just go? Do I want to go with the Mario Kart package, or do I want to go with the Mario Odyssey package? I don't want to go for the one with the rabbits or the rabbits or what the fuck they are. I don't want that piece of shit game. I want I want a decent game. And then afterwards, I was looking at all the other pre-owned ones, going, well, while I'm here, I may as well pick up Skyrim. <laughs> I mean, I've only got Skyrim on you know five other platforms at home i should probably get it on the switch as well so i can play it you know while i'm having a shit i picked, <laughs> I picked up um uh, mario kart which was great and then um yeah. at the same time picked up pokemon let's go for sarah um and then a day later and bear in mind we were in um swanage at the time i drove back to pool because i really wanted breath of the wild as well <laughs> so i went and picked <laughs> up in the end anyway Actually, that, that's a day that raises us. Oh, sorry, Duncan, you go. On a similar note, uh, when I was working, uh, doing a lot of work in Norfolk, Blockbuster used to have really cheap Xbox games. And oh, so I had taken yeah. my Xbox with me to Norfolk because we, we were winded off quite a lot. And the strong winds, so we, Ian and I had to spend quite a lot of time in the house. And so I would just go to X, uh, Blockbuster and that's I kind of miss Blockbuster. It was good fun just going in and getting really cheap Xbox games, like for a quid or under. And it was it was a good way of building up the. I so it was a similar to... thing of getting cheap games. Going, oh yeah, well, whilst I'm here, I might as well get that, that, and that. We were doing shopping anyway, so. I used to get off the bus from from when I was working in Hatfield, go into Blockbuster, which would still be open at the time, and look at their like three for sixteen Xbox three sixty games, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite fun because then you'd be buying three games as well. Yeah, but you could also see with that kind of practice why Blockbuster went bust. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, they, they had that whole pre-owned side to the business that just never really took off. Hmm. Okay, so look, I've got I've to just, just interrupt here. Russ, you have stayed statue still for the past 10 minutes. I've literally been just staring at <laughs> your video, wondering whether you'd frozen or whether you were moving, but you were literally statue still for so long i was like this, this, this guy just, just is not in by what you're all saying he's just not he's, he's either he's either riveted or he's not listening to anything and he's reading something on his screen 
I think it's just that I'm further away from the camera. I mean, like, Duncan is... I would use the phrase unnervingly close to the camera. <laughs> and therefore, every little twitch is sort of magnified. and uh, unnervingly seen. close. You'd like... Dan's just opted for a really unusual point of view. <laughs> it's very much a sort of chin-first, up-the-nostrils shot. You know I can't reach the keyboard. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I am. I am like yeah. I'm breathing. Good. I'm glad you're alive. Mm-hmm. I was well, worried. Well, I do wonder now what Dan is doing. Dan uh, is off camera the, the mix, fiddling with the something. The mix is doing its thing. The what? The mixer is doing its thing. One second. Oh, Dan's got to finger the mixer until it stops pumming. <laughs> it's a good job you can't hear that. Works on mixers. I did hear it. Works on employees. Works on himself. <laughs> Views. There I we mean, go. That's working now. Can cool. do. No worries, guys. Oh! There we go. That's better. <laughs> this one. I think this one. This one's. This one is a much more flattering angle. I think. How many cameras have you got set up there, Russ? I've got two. Well, I've got one on my monitor and one on the laptop. Oh, okay. <laughs> is, is it time for Duncan's next? Um, thing that makes him happy I mean generally playing Grand Theft also <laughs> makes me yeah. very happy there's nothing you know um, actually driving around in Grand Theft Auto usually made me very happy mm. but the thing that used to make me it's kind of the sh- it's sort of a shame they got rid of it in the later games but what used to make me really happy in uh, Grand Theft Auto was when you got a perfect Garanga Yes. Oh, Garanga. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, and then you go into St. Albans and the Harry Krishna would approach you and they say Garanga to you and you just burst out laughing. You go, what does that mean? I was like, well, that was what you used to get when you mowed over a, a row of monks. It was brilliant. And they just look over at you like you're a bit of a weirdo. I mean, I could understand. <laughs> I quite like that. Um, if they came up to you and you burst out laughing, did uh, did they start avoiding you after a while? <laughs> In the car, yeah, they tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Grand Theft Auto generally makes me quite. I've been playing, still playing quite a lot of it uh, recently. I actually just there are moments. It's not like the the Michael and Franklin mm. scenes in Grand Theft Auto V that generally make you happy, but Franklin is sort of the mm. nicest of all of them, and generally some of his cutscenes are him being going, "Whoa, come on, what the what are you doing? Don't be an idiot." And uh, yeah, the playing I I always like playing Franklin because. Uh, it's just he's generally the nicer of the lot of them though some of uh uh trevor's deep philosophical delves make me laugh and yeah. i always quite enjoy looking out for them but yeah the old grand theft autos where you could do your perfect granger that that used to make me uh i kind of miss it i i tell you what i miss i like about grand theft auto it, it was the first exper- experience of right you can just do whatever you want just go yeah. out there do whatever you want like that was that was my first experience of that. I never really had that before then, and it was just so much fun. Like nowadays, 
<laughs> nowadays heard it um you've got um kids these days kids these days the, the games that there's so much to do in the games why am i being able to hear myself hmm. there's so much to do in the games that, that, that it, it it doesn't it doesn't force you <laughs> it's really echoey hang on i think that's russ really what's he doing well, he's the only one that's on on mute. That wasn't me. Oh, that's weird. We could hear you clanging around. Mm. Yeah. There we go. I think um, maybe it switched to like Russ's like home, whatever. Um, I um, where was I? Grand Theft Auto. What yeah. So so the the older Grand Theft Auto games, there was less to do, so you were forced to make your own entertainment. Um, and as a result, yep. you discover things in the game that were intentionally there as well, whether it be like the, the epic jumps or whatever. Whereas nowadays, obviously, the Grand Theft Auto games are kind of all very regimented entertainment. Like the, everything you do in the Grand Theft Auto games has been planned for already. Yeah. So it's like when I used to play um, Spider-Man <laughs> 2 on the... Um... What are you guys laughing at? <laughs> I've been... I, I video. I sent a video to the um to the WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Russ's new hit single. Plug and... <laughs> well timed for right when Dan was in the middle of a sort of real dramatic play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's lost his plug, but he will find it again. <laughs> I'm generally tidying up in here. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> it's just you—it's the worried look on your face as you're like coming through cables after cable. I'm like, oh no, I don't. Oh no, no, put that back in the bag. Turn round. Spider-Man Two. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so when I used to play Spider-Man 2 and we'd, we'd all try and do the thing where we'd get as low as we can before um, swinging away from like jumping off the Empire State Building you play the mm -hmm. new Spider-Man game which is great it's an excellent game but at the same time like that's part of it you get an, not an achievement but you get a um, there's there's uh, experience points given for the the lowest you can get without swinging. Whereas before it was just like we did that just because it was fun to do. Um, so yeah, so just like the the, the early days of uh, like sandbox games, just the ability to make your own entertainment was was kind of paramount in in yeah. like that past the controller mentality. I thought. Well, I mean, actually, credit to Grand Theft Auto Five. Mm. So. When I was lived on the east side, my uh, neighbours, two boys, used to want to come and play the game. I was like, "All right, that's fine." And they didn't really want to do any of the missions. Mm. Yeah, and I oh, just don't give me that look. Um, <laughs> all, 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 all they want to do, one of them want to do, was just actually drive around. <laughs> yeah, because you know, you've got all those different cars. And you could go as fast as you like. You could just muck around driving as fast as you like. Yes, you've got the the, the different jumps, um, but the jumps were always kind of like a little bonus mm. Easter egg kind of thing anyway. So and then you go and go in the boat and you suddenly got the sharks. Yeah. But you could just dick around. And that was that is still quite a lot of fun. I mean, admittedly, I used to drive 
around uh, Vice City and just fall asleep driving around Vice City because I just used to like the the, yeah. the radios. But yeah, yeah. Duncan sleeping in his car again. Hmm? Uh, Duncan sleeping in his car again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I did that. Um, yeah. I mean, you're you're all very aware of how fond I am of Just Cause Three and the mm. infinite dicking around possibilities there are in that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And actually, I've just, I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I just bought Just Cause 4 because mm. it was on for like £12 or yeah. something for like the ultimate all the DLC edition. That's the one I get as think well, yeah. speaks to the quality of the game overall. It's probably not being the best, but I'm uh, <laughs> quite looking forward to give You can attach pounds. balloons to shit in this one. Yes, oh, wow. you can, yeah. yeah. Does DLC stand for dicking lots? Dicking lots of <laughs> where you go with this. I don't know. Think of something with C that it's not bad to dick. Duncan, lots. that made me touch my face. I hope you're happy. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to figure out what DLC could mean, but I was just trying to get dicking around in there. Lots of dicking around, but that doesn't really work. No, because then only one of those is the right letter. <laughs> in the right order. If it was L O D A, then you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Load but up. it wasn't. Oh, mate, that is so loader. Loader. <laughs> Not a loader. There you go. Uh, yeah. R- Russ, what you got, buddy? Uh, well, I mean, that was kind of one of them. Uh, hold on. What else did I have? Did Russ, take, Russ take notes. Always yeah, takes notes. Always, always takes yeah. notes. Always losing his plugs. <laughs> I always get a feeling his, his notes. Though, so the, are, the other two things yeah. have got a sort of like specific moments in games where you just think, "Fuck me, mm. this is amazing." Yeah, um, I love it. And they're actually, yeah. they're actually, they're both games that we've already talked about. So I'm just, I'm going to do both of them. Yeah. So the bit in, in Half Life Two when you get the super gravity gun, oh, because yes. it changes everything about the game. It it becomes there's no challenge in that part. Mm. It is not difficult to get through at all whereas up to you know the the battle the battle in city 17 is pretty tough and then when you get there in the citadel and you get the blue gravity gun you can just hose down as many people as you want it's basically you're invincible effectively if you if as long as you keep moving um but it's just so much fun and it's such a nice little inversion of all the things that have happened so far um so that moment, and also the uh, in Halo Three, the big fuck off tank battle oh, in yes. the desert with oh, the the scarabs yes. at the end. Yes, such yeah. a great little set piece. The music, the bum, ba-da-ba, ba-da-ba, and the sort of fleet of vehicles that you can take mm. your pick from when you pop out of that forerunner monument. You can do the whole little thing on a mongoose with a mm. trooper on your back shooting rockets if you want. It's amazing. <laughs> And it, it leads on from just like a, a standard, like you're running along shooting level. That's the thing I love about Halo. It goes from that into like epic. Yeah. You're doing like corridor by battles. corridor yeah. clearing yeah. rooms. Yeah. It's just you. And then you pop out and there's an army there waiting yeah. for you. That you can so join good. in with. It's awesome. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you there. I got to, I got to agree with both of those. Yeah. I think getting the, getting the super gravity gun was a really funny moment, especially because every other weapon that you have in your, arsenal gets dissolved by that weapon field mm-hmm. the disarmament field or whatever it is and and you know no one really understands 
you know, even Wallace Breen, like when he gets it, he's just like, well, what is this thing? Like just kind of throws it over to one side. And then, yeah, just fucking going mental for the next couple of minutes. Like just literally rawr, picking people up and throwing them and everyone does. It's yeah. just amazing. Like so ripping good. shit off the walls and firing mm. it at them. Yeah, just everything, man. It's so good. You you literally feel it's one. It's done. It's done really well. Some games do that quite well. They kind of overpower you in those last kind of you know five to ten minutes of the game. You are, you are just incredibly powerful. Mm. Um, yeah, did it really well. I love that. And that yeah, that battle in Halo is brilliant. And I can just I can hear the music in my head. I can hear it. And that, that bright white flash yeah. when the scarabs explode and stuff. Like, you, and if you if you're fast enough, you can actually get into one of the hornets and you can take them down with the hornets as well, can't you? Mm. Which is yeah, really blast cool. the sort of shield thing off the back of them and that's right. Drop a missile in there. Yeah. So satisfying. Kick ass, man! Such a good battle. Yeah, good shout on both mm. of those. Mm-hmm. Well, um, well, I'll lead into that specific gaming moments then. Uh, Rapture in Bioshock. Oh. The first time you 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 go down in the uh, it's so good and it's, I, I'd go as far as saying like the first half an hour of Bioshock is amazing, whether it's the first time you see Rapture with the octopus swimming next to you as you're going into it and then realizing that it's turned into a bit of a shit show and then the first time you see a big daddy just throwing that person against the wall because he's trying to he's trying to kill the little sister uh, and just then you. It does such a good job of going from this situation where you're just swimming towards a lighthouse and then you're all of a sudden you're in rapture and it explains perfectly uh, with a little help from some narration um, explains perfectly what is happening where you are and what's what situation you're in and what's about to happen whether it's three plasmids whether it's because you're seeing that the, the the denizens of rapture itself whether it's the the splicers or the big daddy or and you understand what they try to achieve and what went wrong basically within the first half an hour and yet in that game you still get a ton of extra stuff that makes you that twists and turns like a twist and turny thing <laughs> yeah yeah, so but the first time you see Rapture is is perfect. One of my all-time favorite gaming moments and one of those those moments when I bought BioShock uh on Christmas Eve uh, and I took my 360 up to my grandparents so I could play my 360 there like on <laughs> Christmas Day and I said I'm just going to go to the other room and pop BioShock in and it was one of those moments where I was like um for starters I'm really glad I've got an Xbox 360, and also this game is exactly what I needed for this console. Dan, you just made yourself sound like you were 14 years old, but we know that at that moment in time was... you were in your mid your in your mid 20s. Yeah, I was about <laughs> 25, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was it was it was one. I'd only just got it because I'd got it because so I wanted to play uh, Halo 3, um, and um, that was the first non. Halo game that really kind of blew me away on the Xbox 360. I'd agree with that. I mm. think Bioshock. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just amazing. Mm. Like taking yourself back to that moment where you sort of crest over the bottom of the ocean floor, yeah. and suddenly there's that city with the searchlights yeah. coming up through the water, and you pass by that enormous golden statue of the um, you know the almost the cover of the uh, book by Ayn yeah. Rand. Um, it's it's wonderful and you know atlas mentions that first now would you kindly you know yeah yeah, yeah. would you would you kindly pick up that shortwave radio you know and you yeah. just think 
where the fuck am I going? Where yeah. the hell is this beginning? And and as you enter the welcome center, all the shutters yeah. rise, don't they? And you can see out further into the city. It's absolutely superb. And again, it, it links to one of my favorite moments because Bioshock was the first game I ever bought as a collector's edition. Yeah. I didn't buy any of the other, like, no, Halo 2 collector's edition and all that, steel tin and things like that. Um, Bioshock was my first proper collector's edition, like, um, with the proper metal statue of the Big Daddy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it, it's a game that will always live in my memory um, as just one that blew me away. And also, I love the Art Deco styling. Mm. I think it was so, so interesting. So many games have tried to kind of emulate that style, um, you know, as we move forward, yeah. like, but Bioshock is yet to be beaten. And to be honest, I still think Bioshock 2 is a pretty good game. Yeah, I do as, as well. well. I mm. do as well. Any excuse to revisit Rapture. Yeah. So the next Bioshock game, I'd love for it to be set in Rapture when things are only just starting to go wrong. Well, that's Burial at Sea. Oh, it's, I haven't played it, so yeah. So Bioshock Infinite's expansion is yeah. set in Rapture on, yeah. at the... Duncan, what did you drop? <laughs> A stone. A stone. Why have you got a stone? Of course you've got a stone. <laughs> you sure it's not just a very hard bit of seaweed? or? No, it's a stone. This. Oh, it's that pebble. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe... Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was listening intently. I, I, Anyway, I won't explain the stone. But anyway, are you... It was a pebble. Um, anyway, um, so the expansion to Bioshock Infinite, Burial yeah. at Sea, uh, the first one uh, yeah. is set in Rapture yeah. mo- probably a couple of days before the um, attack. Yeah. And actually the second Burial at Sea, Burial at Sea 2, um, is just at the moment where um, Atlas uh, calls Jack back to the city. Mm. So, yeah, the yeah. ace in the hole. As he refers to him. Hello. As a person. Hello. Well, she can't hear you, can she? No, you got your headphones on, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's more down to you than it is to us. Yeah. Well, specifically, it was deliberately so. (laughs) Not so you couldn't hear her, but just generally hear Mm. everything else. Yeah. We can hear the stone. We heard the stone. I didn't mean to break up your. No, no, it's fine. No, it's all good. I was done. I, um, I was done. Hmm. I was done. Okay, so up the wrong end. This is <laughs> this is not going to link in seamlessly <laughs> to anything, but the first time I ever got a proper <laughs> cheat code was the Doom ones, and there is no better moment than when you use every single cheat code from the first in the first doom game especially idk fa and the fact that you can still remember iddqd for god mode and idk fa for mm. all the weapons i just still remember that moment and the fact that you can still go online and not all of not all the code the cheat codes work but idk fa i think still does work so which is just wonderful the latest doom game has uh cheat codes you have to turn on so you can get some of the collectibles mm. so the idea is they're cheat codes that that you won't be able to get unless you turn turn them on basically they're collectibles sorry it's a really good idea the latest doom game is also excellent so doom eternal yeah 
is um if you thought the the last one was was um stressful <laughs> this <laughs> one this one is is more so you you really can't stand still for long i'm on like the second or third part of it and <laughs> i'm th- th- there are times i'm getting my ass kicked if i if i stop to think for a little bit it's not one of those ones where you can stop look at your phone then carry on no, you need to keep running. Basically, you need to keep firing yeah. the right weapons at the right bad guys and stuff like that. It's really good, but, but at the same time, quite intense. So I might have. To I never out. found. Um, I never found the new Doom uh, stressful. Mm. I found it. I found it pulse pounding. There yeah, were that's, moments that's a better where description. it was a bit like, yeah. Yeah. but I'd never. I just. I think probably. I think Dark Souls has just made me a better player, <laughs> just more capable of dealing with the stress. Yeah, yeah. yeah shut up, you wanker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really know what stress is with a game. Um, you, yeah, you know, so I'm just better prepared for these things, I think, is the, is the take-home message from my lecture. Yeah, we can't. We can't all be. Yeah, can't yeah all be everyone used, switched man. off. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird because yeah, that moment when you first get a cheat code that fuck's sake, Duncan, just um, put the fucking thing that down. Fucking pebble again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> use it as a worry stone. Um, oh, well, sorry. Now I feel bad. Anyway, uh. Yeah, that first moment when you get the cheat codes and you're like, oh, I can walk through walls. And walking through walls on the first Doom game is the most pointless thing because eventually you walk in, you start, start seeing what happens when you walk off the boundaries of the game. <laughs> and so yeah. you just walk through an infinite wall just to see where it goes. You turn back and you can just see where mm. the original map is and stuff. And uh, I did always quite like that, though, being able to sort of go so far out the boundaries that when you turned around, you could see everything. And and sometimes you would hit that kind of moment or bit of the level geometry that would just kind of infinitely spread across your screen. And you would just go through that wall and then you just wouldn't be able to see anything. And you'd be frantically trying to turn around and orient yourself back into the... There were some excellent modes in GoldenEye, weren't there? Like Slappers and Golden Gun, I remember as well, were really cool game modes yeah. in the in the Deathmatch. I did quite like the big head mode. That was uh, The Donkey Kong mode was quite fun as well. Massive arms, massive heads... Oh, on these little tiny, awful polygon bodies. Yeah, like seven triangles to make up a human <laughs> being. Yeah. Uh, nice. Old, old days. Old, old days. Mm-hmm. So picked First time I played Goldeneye was in some random electronics boutique while I was with my uncle in Brighton. And I he stopped in to get something. And I, I'd i read so much about Goldeneye that I was just like, I, I, but I, don't, I don't have an N64, I'm not going to be able to play it at any point. And then I turned round in the shop and there was a fucking N64 plugged in, TV running, Goldeneye's menu screen. It was like, you know, that sun shining through the window <laughs> onto it, you know, oh! And I just went up to it and I started playing through the very first level, the dam level, yeah. um, with the silenced pistol. Um, and it was, uh, it's a wonderful memory, wonderful memory. And it wasn't too long after that that I ended up getting a N64, but that was a, that was a lovely day, that was. That was nice. really good fun. And he, he kept saying to me, Tom, we've got to go. Your mum and dad yeah. are waiting for you. I'm just like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> there a minute. Yeah. Shouldn't have brought me in here. <laughs> <laughs> 
not my real uncle. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sarah's picked uh, an apt game. She's playing Skyrim whilst uh, whilst we're we're recording this. Just thought I'd let nice. you know. Yeah, I have got a Skyrim one as well, but uh, go with Russ. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who's, well, I think I'm it's done. Tom next. I think it? I'm out. I'm dry. I went with two hmm. at once last time. So I think that is about me done. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. I'm out. Any more for any more? I am right. dry. Dan? No, I'm good. I'm good. I've got, I got some well, of my favourite ones. Yeah. Well, I mean, Skyrim mm. still has the favourite moments just because Lydia is hilarious. <laughs> she just provides all the comic, Like when she yawns or the way that she just uh, goes... Um, oh, bugger! What does she say? I'm sworn to carry your burdens. Your burden, yeah. And it just that is still makes me laugh. But yeah. the fact that you go around luggage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's be like that. In my latest playthrough, I'd taken to leaving her outside a dungeon, going in, completing everything, not bothering to pick anything up, come out tell her to follow me again and then we go through it again just to pick <laughs> up everything because otherwise she just constantly got herself killed <laughs> stay stay there lydia okay i will <gasps> what's that something big and scary that will definitely kill me i'm gonna run at it with my little sword <laughs> i used to she kisses her out useless i I'd give it she had like an ebony battle axe and she was still fucking useless no, I used to run in front of you whenever you're doing magic, and she'd get herself blown up. Yeah, I first discovered that when I was killing the vampires. That was, um, I was like, oh, why is she dead? And then I looked it up. Oh, I can actually kill Lydia if I burn her. <laughs> Do you know what annoys yeah. me the most? Using fire spells and dragon shouts, and she just always gets herself deaded. Do you know what annoys me the most about Lydia is when you're having a conversation with another NPC and she walks between the pair of you (laughs) (laughs) and she looks at you. She never breaks eye contact. And it's almost like that really sort of moment where you're just like, don't fucking look at me like that. You are you are a glorified suitcase. Just get behind me and just watch my back. All right. Yeah, she fuck, carry she these really... fucking dragon bones that I never do anything with, and shut yeah. up about it. We've got to take you back to my house in White Run. We're going to drop off those dragon scales. Then you are going to shut up, and you're going to follow me. And we're going to go to that cave over there, and we're going to loot it. And then you're going to shut up again, and we're going to come back here. We're going to empty your pockets, and that's it, okay? And then I'm going to turn the Xbox off, and I will see you. To- I will see you tomorrow. I'm still okay? wanting to marry her. Yeah, I'm happy to marry her because then she makes you a home-cooked meal. But it's like, no, I do not want to hear about the children or how wonderful the businesses do. Just give me the gold and piss off. Well, I, I married some hot miner from uh, out west somewhere near that child city. Oh, yeah. But it means that you have like your wife and Lydia like stomping moodily around your house. Going, so, are we, we off or what? So let's let's uh, let me clip that out that Russ married a hot miner, and uh, I'll, I'll uh... M I N E R. Hi, I'm Chris Hans. <laughs> you say you want a blank in the blank. What, what does that mean? Um, also, how do you stop Lydia yawning? You can't send her to bed. 
And she just saw, like, we're still doing stuff. Why are you yawning? We're in a dungeon. I'm about to go and face something. Why are you tired? Come on. Take her up to the high rock mountain and just dragon shout her off and watch her ragdoll and spin away into oblivion. No, I like Lydia, weirdly. I got quite upset the first time she died. I've got to say, there there was a moment where you do kind of, yeah, when she dies for the first time, I remember being like, oh, oh, well, that's a bit, oh, well. (laughs) That's a bit of a shame because... I'm going to have to go back to my house and drop all this stuff and then come back and take all that other stuff out of her dead pockets. Yeah. Oh, except I can drag her corpse. <laughs> you just drag her corpse back. Can you? <laughs> Throw it in your front door. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> and the thing is, when you're a thane of a, of a keep, no one messes with you. You can drag whatever corpses you want <laughs> in, in through the front door. <laughs> No one says a word. No one bats an eyelid. Like, Which it not... turns out is a lot of corpses that you want to drag around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, if you say uh, this is normal. <laughs> oh, dear. So there we go. Yeah. Are we, all, are we all dried up? I think so. I just have those. You? Remember, you know, the um, the two cultists that attack you at the start of the is it Dragonborn DLC? Dragonborn, yes. I killed them and their bodies just didn't disappear. No, they so don't. Then I, I like prop them both up as sort of an archway uh, over the door of my house in Whiterun. They were sort of both like slumped up against the wall. That is so artful. And every night like, there'd just be like children walking past going, oh, a dead body. And then, oh, I'm going to the market now. I'm actually going in here. <laughs> like, yeah. Get the, just... yeah. Get that the arms swinging a bit can you get no i'll just duck under it then yeah <laughs> and then you open the door and there's lydia ah you're back my love oh fuck <laughs> shut <me>. up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just shut the door going again. on another quest <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where are you going oh. i'm going out who are you going out with no one on my Don't own say anything. You, just, you, yeah. you just open the door and you just oh, shut the door and then disappear <laughs> to the tavern <laughs> oh yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, be in the bannered man now. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, sing along with the bard songs. Well, I think that's all we've got time for on this week's podcast. As uh, you will probably tell from the audio quality of uh, this podcast, we were all dialing in remotely because of the COVID 19 outbreak. Um, and uh, it's uncertain times. But we thank you for listening. And we hope that you're thinking of all the things that bring a smile to your face when you are. Uh, playing games or thinking about games and if there's any that you want to share with us do go on to our instagram our facebook and share these with us so we are on facebook instagram and twitter and our handle is at tmtooh and don't forget about our sister cut theatrical cut who are on facebook and instagram at and it's basically just theatrical cut pod so facebook.com forward slash theatrical cut pod or on Instagram, they're just theatrical cut pod. And that is that. And on this note, we say cue the music. What note is that? Well, Dan will add the note later. I will that do. was great, but you called them a sister cut. <laughs> oh, did I? Oh. All right, hang on. I'm going to say sister pod just with silence so Dan can just edit it in all right that will not work no okay. this is this is all staying and in. don't forget our sister pod theatrical cut 
who you can find on Facebook and Instagram under the tag Theatrical Cut Pod. So on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Theatrical Cut Pod. And on Instagram, their handle is just at Theatrical Cut Pod. 